Hey, where are you from? So, uh, what do you do? That's what you get asked a lot, right? When you're meeting someone new, at a party, your dating profile. So tell the world the answer to both of those questions at the same time. We figured out how. We just launched a brand new online store that has all 50 states represented with gear for physical therapists. Now at ptpintcast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee? Check. South Carolina physical therapist t-shirt? Yeah, we got that. Face mask for a Florida PT? Check and double check. Great gear for life, all showing off your profession and your home state. PT gear store available now at ptpinecast.com. So go there and you can show off your profession and home state at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Before we get started, I want to say thank you to our friends from uh, CBDRX4U, my CBD store, your CBD store. Uh, go online, CBDRX4U.com. A lot of talk about CBD, and you're like, why is this guy talking about it on a PT podcast? Well, uh, your patients, some of them might be using it. It's going all over the place, over the counter. How is that going to affect them during their course of treatment? Do you know? Are you sure? Are you positive? I'm looking at you. Are you positive? You know exactly how this is going to go? All right. That's the thing. Become a little more educated. Become confident that you know exactly how that will affect their course of treatment. So go to that website on the screen, cbdrx4u.com, your CBD store. We're also giving away some pint glasses thanks to uh, CBDRX4u. We'll ship it to you and everything. So go to ptpinecast.com. That's our website. And sign up to win one of those pint glasses. But if you want to be a little more knowledgeable about CBD and what that stuff is going to do with your patients in their course of treatment, check them out online at uh, cbdrx4u.com. All right, let's start the show. All right, there we go. Uh, welcome to PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight. Uh, excuse me, uh, amazing insight, remarkable ideas and motivational stories here in the world of physical therapy. Apparently, I can't read today. Uh, I'm Jimmy McKay. I'll be your host. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Uh, hit that website, ptpinecast.com. I want to say thank you and give a round of rousing applause to uh, the speakers and our guests at the Virtual Physical Therapy Oncology Summit. We did a, a, a virtual event this week, and it was the first time we'd done it. And it was awesome. Yeah, it's on the screen. It, it took place la uh, this past weekend, but but uh, you have access for uh, up to a year, so you can still get access. CEU approval. We have more than nine hours of, of content just in the area of oncology physical therapy. If you're like, could you get to nine hours? Uh, we hit nine hours and we could have kept going. So still have a chance to get access to that for, again, a 365-day replay of all that content and get CEUs. Uh, the link available for you now at ptpintcast.com. All right, let's get this show on the road today. I'm excited for the guest. Very different. I love when people come from uh, different parts of the physical therapy profession. Just mentioned oncology, physical therapy. But I also like when people come from different areas uh, of the profession geographically. And that's what we've got today. Uh, our guest on this episode, a sports physio, 
who worked at two World Cup finals with England Rugby League in Australia in 2017 and England Rugby Union in Japan in 2019. He has his own private practice called Pro Sport Physiotherapy and created the go-to physio mentoring physiotherapist on his unique pro sport approach, advising over 550. Is that right? That's a lot. 550 therapists in over 25 countries around the world. And he's here today on our show. I don't know why either. Uh, let's bring him in the studio. Dave O'Sullivan. Dave O'Sullivan, welcome to the show. There he is. Dave, welcome. Thanks, Jimmy. Great to, great to be here. 550? That's a lot. You've mentored 550 and counting, I'm imagining. That's a, that's a ton. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's close to the 650 now, actually, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting some more countries to the list as well, which is great. Yeah, um, yeah, learning a lot. And it, it, uh, it kind of goes back to the old cliche as well. Uh, you know, when you when you get so many therapists, they ask so many questions. You definitely evolve as well as, uh, you know, I like to think that they, they've taught me a lot as well as, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but it, it, I think that is true. That's great. All right. We get the hard questions out of the way first. What are we drinking today, Dave? Yeah, I've got a, a Bud Light tonight. Um, you so. flipped on me. You're in England. I figured you'd come at me with some like some like dark stout or like some. No, English I don't. I, yeah. I, I usually drink Guinness, but I can't drink Guinness out of a can. I think it's uh, in in Ireland. It's forbidden. So <laughs> my parents wouldn't talk to me again if I did that. So That's nice. well, cheers to you. I'm doing a Corona. Yeah, cheers. When in a pandemic, why not be a pandemic beer? Yeah. <laughs> first round brought to you by our friends from uh, owens recovery science they're a single source for pts looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it properly in your clinical practice find them online owensrecoveryscience.com we are recording the show uh live streaming at facebook twitter youtube if you have any questions if you have any comments do not hesitate throw those in there uh and if we have time at the end and you got a good one we'll uh, we'll throw it at dave as well uh so dave uh, give us the story i mean that's a pretty cool background you've done some you know uh professional rugby uh, around the world with england uh mentoring opening your own you know kind of your own shop like kind of give us the what's your superhero backstory yeah um it's kind of, I, I actually, I always say I wasn't smart enough to, to get into physio in Ireland. So I had to, uh, I had to go the long way around England. Um, and then I met my wife who's English. So it, everything happens for a reason. Um, so yeah, so went, uh, went the long way around in, in England, uh, got my degree and then, uh, got, was lucky to have a placement in a rugby league club, uh, for my final placement and then got offered a job with them guys. Um, and then kind of the rest is history really just, uh, you know, when in university in England, your your tutors kind of say, oh, you know, do go into the National Health Service, which is the hospital settings and do your rotations. Right. Whereas for me, it was more, you know, I, I, I love sport. I love musculoskeletal injuries. And that was my passion. So I kind of went against their advice and went straight into sport. And um, yeah, I've been been very lucky to to be involved in in a lot of great events and, and work with, with some really great athletes. And um, I don't know if you guys over there are too familiar with rugby, but you, you kind of it, it's a great sport for a physical therapist to be involved in because you, you see every type of injury yeah. from from head to toe, really. So being selfish, it was it's a, it's a great sport to be involved in. Well, yeah, let's hear about that. You mentioned some big events. I, I mentioned it in your intro. Uh, talk a little bit about with working with uh, England Rugby League and Union during the World Cup finals, because that's a I mean, that's the biggest stage. That is the world stage in that in that sport. So what what was that like? What'd you learn? What'd you take away from that? Yeah, um, just yeah. I mean, the 2017 with the Rugby League was uh, was interesting because that was in in Brisbane and we were playing Australia in the final. 
and had a had a couple of big calls to make that week actually where two guys were like 50 50 whether they're playing one made it one didn't one was the captain and he didn't make it uh which you know some big calls to make there so kind of quite nerve-wracking are you are you making those calls is that with are you part of the team making those calls i imagine it's different for each team but you know how was that yeah yeah the rugby league i did yeah so so as the 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 head physio there was the rugby union in japan i was part of of a medical team and then the doctor kind of leads it whereas with the rugby league we had a smaller medical team so it it was ultimately up to me to say no he's he's not ready to to you know he, he won't make it really and um I think we yeah we we kind of made the call we gave him till Thursday the game was Saturday so we kind of gave him till till Thursday but realistically we knew then and I think at that point he's such a big player as well it was it was good to make the decision early so the team could get round that their captain wasn't going to be playing yeah so that, that there's a whole host of, of factors there that that you have to kind of bring into it uh, when when you make those decisions that they're tough calls but um yeah myself and the doc we'd we'd kind of say look realistically he's not going to be ready and. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we, we lost that we lost that final. Um, and then in Japan with the rugby union, that was slightly different because the rugby union a lot bigger support staff. So um, I was kind of the 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 rehab physio uh, for for that 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 team. Um, so so that was good as well to be in a slightly different role. Um, so kind of with the injured players, getting them back, and um, yeah, it, it's challenging in World Cups because you have you've got such a, a small time. Sp- span and you're trying to fit them you know you're, you're trying to skip steps really to right. to get them back but at the same time you they have to be safe to go back because if they if they're not right and you put them back you look foolish and you know the, the whole world sees your mistakes so it's I can't, uh, I can't imagine that would be easy because i mean rugby players you know certain mindset you know hockey players are kind of similar what i've what i've experienced which is like they'll go out there with one leg missing like i'm playing yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost like you've got to you've got to really put up the barriers and say here are the reasons why so i imagine especially when you're doing like a tournament that's got to be particularly hard because it's when when you know it's the last game it's like well can you walk onto the the field can you get out of the pitch well then yeah. i'm good right but you've got to think as a physio yeah yeah and it's a really good point that because in the international setting those players they they're almost they're not going to lie to you but they're going to underreport symptoms because ah. they're they're desperate to play whereas in the club setting and I, you know I'm consulting with a, a club at the moment and I've worked with a lot of clubs as well there's times where the players they're with contract issues and, and other bits and pieces where they're not they don't want to go out there so the the international setting they're highly motivated and as I said sometimes they can underreport things because they're desperate to play um so it's uh, yeah it, it's interesting they they there's a the biopsychosocial approach. I know that's quite you know popular these days, physical therapy. But you know, yeah. I, I always laugh. That is absolutely massive in professional sport. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, so much parts. I mean, I mean, in their their body is their livelihood, and then you're saying, hey, is it, if it's a tournament, that's short. That's short term, right? The goal is win the tournament. But they've also got to know, hey, if I don't have a contract, getting out in the field is the best way, and performing well, I should say, is the best way to maybe show my stuff, or you know, if I've got a contract, you know, I'm going to underreport because I want to I want to make sure I hold up my end of the bargain or I want to make sure I, you know, I'm looking towards the next one. So they're, you know, biopsychosocial, it's the same thing. That athlete, that's their tool, but they got to use it because that's their job. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, yeah, it, it can be challenging at times, but it's uh, at the same time, you know, they're they're, they're great guys to work with um, and, you know, they'll very very down to earth work hard you know re- you do uh, you ask most of them to do something they'll they'll do it yeah. so they're, they're really great to work with to be fair 
So you've done some stuff in pro sports, high level. You've done private practice. I imagine those are, I mean, I don't know if they're the furthest you can get apart, but I imagine they're really, really different. So, you know, I, I love looking at two different things and saying similarities and differences. So what are some of the similarities, maybe some of the differences going from pro sports, rugby, high level to private practice and who you got to work with there? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's actually really interesting, Jimmy. And I think that's where, like, especially with my mentorship, where I'm going with it now is actually... I think private practice is craving a pro sport approach um, in terms of when you, when somebody comes into us in private practice, especially, you know, I, I have some therapists in the U S kind of cash-based physical therapists now as well. And um, a lot of patients, you know, when you get, get a guy injured in professional sport, the head coach, he wants to know what's the injury, why did it happen? How long is he going to be out for? And what's, what's his plan? You know, what's he going to be doing uh, to get right? And, and a sidestep of that as well is just because the player is paying free doesn't necessarily mean he's safe to go back training yet because we have to put these steps in place. Right. And and I really feel that's the bit in, in private practice that a lot of patients are craving. But certainly in the UK, I don't want to speak for the US, but we weren't given the skills to, or the opportunities to practice that where a lot of therapists are not confident to say, okay, this is the problem. This realistically is how long I think it's going to take. And it's, you're sticking your neck out of the line saying it's going to take six, seven, eight sessions. This is the plan. And um, so I think in terms of private practice, I think it's crying out for a, a pro sport approach. And when, when we teach this in the mentorship, therapists are, they, you know, they go outside their comfort zone at the start and it's scary, but they actually find their patients really respond to it because we give them clarity on the plan. Right. And um, they, they respond really well to it. So, so I think in, in regards that side of it, um, there's, there, there, there's bits there that I think we could definitely take into practice. I think it's challenging then to kind of go back and answer your original question. Um, it can be challenging because you're, you're trying to get something like in pro sport. We, we like if I'm in camp with a player, I can spend like I can see them at 7 a.m. and I can see them at 7 p.m. and I can do rehab and, and treatment, whereas you get 30 minutes with right. a patient and you have so to do, do everything and yeah you, you send them away for a week with exercises so you if anything i think you have to be better a better therapist in uh in private practice really to be able to do such such a lot in in short such a short space of time and really go goes to the 80 20 of you know what's the 20 percent of things are going to do that's going to make 80 percent of the the difference really um I, I think that's probably the bit the challenge in private practice Everybody wants to know when, right? When can I do it? And I'm always, I'm, I'm above average because, you know, I'm, I'm me and I know me. So whatever you say, I'm probably going to cut a little bit of time off of that. I mean, I was watching today, Patrick Mahomes, you know, pro US uh, football player coming back from an injury and the, and the, the little scroll across the bottom of the screen was, you know, um, ahead of schedule. And that always, I'm always kind of conscious of like, you know, young athletes, weekend warriors, Kids in college, they're watching that. They're watching Patrick Mahomes be faster than scheduled. So then a lot of them said, well, I want to be, I can do that too. I'm tough. If I, if I toughen up, if I really, really put my nose down, put my nose to the grindstone, I can do it too. And we know that that's not always the case. So that's gotta be hard, which we'll get to the 80, 20 um, concept that you, uh, you just kind of um, uh, eloquated there really nicely, which is a lot of times people, we got to make sure we set really good expectations. What is your goal? And you being tough or doing more might actually make you be behind schedule. And so I'm always kind of conscious of that. So perfect segue there. Talk about that 80-20 concept and help me wrap my head around that. 
Yeah, and um, I, just one thing I think is really important, Jimmy, just to add, add to that actually is I think there's a big difference, and I see this in sport, between somebody being pain-free and somebody being uh, going back and, and moving with confidence. Right. Uh, and I think that they're two big distinctions. And I think certainly a lot of therapists, when they come into my mentorship, they they almost feel like they don't have permission to take that extra couple of sessions to really get like there's a, a physio in, in the UK. I don't know if you heard him. He's called Louis Gifford and, and yeah. oh, he's, yeah. he's deceased now. And he, he says this phrase, thoughtless, fearless movement. And, you know, it's such a brilliant phrase. And, and that to me is sport, like the, the top end rehab. And, you know, the last session before they're going to go back training, I'll do a drill, for example, for a hamstring where I'll clap my hands and he has to go and like sprint 30 meters flat out. And, you know, I can see that sometimes where there's hesitancy still. And I know, yeah, he's not moving with thoughtless, fearless movement. Um, he's not confident. I like, and, I like that thoughtless, fearless movement. Yeah. It, it, and, and I kind of, you know, I, I've, I've kind of taken that phrase and, and really, you know, it's, it's at the forefront of my, at my mind now. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people can be pain free, but they're not moving with thoughtless, fearless movement. And I think that's our job as therapists. And it's, it's always that hard bit in practice where, it's like, especially cash-based, oh, I need to get them in for another couple of sessions. Yeah. But that's where the value is to me. You know, that's where you can really change their lives and give them that confidence back to do something that they didn't think they could do again. And, um, you know, I, I think that's so, so important. And um, and just to go back to, to the 80-20 the rule, I mean, I've kind of bastardized it. I, I don't know if I can swear on this side. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have another couple. Now. You, you won't be able to stop me. But... Um, but yeah, so my 80-20 rule um, in, in the physio world is I'll actually spend 20% of my time on the symptoms, but I'll spend 80% of my time on everything else that's maybe not doing its job. So, for example, with, with that hamstring tear, it's like, right, asking ourselves at the start the question, why did the hamstring overload in the first place? Or why did that patella tendon become overloaded? So we still respect the symptoms and, you know, still respect pathology and I get that to settle down and, you know, maybe do isometrics or eccentrics or whatever you want to do. But every, what, what's in their injury history or the story that maybe isn't doing its job that's causing the knee joint to get overloaded. So so that's a big thing that I teach in the mentorship, because if we get them back running and they're, they're top end speed, there's nowhere to hide for the for the nervous system and the body because it'll just find a way to 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 um to get the job done but ultimately it's it's at what cost so so that that's my kind of 80 20 rule is 20 percent of my time is spent on the symptoms but 80 percent of my time is is spent on what's not doing its job and and from my experience usually what happens is the pain experience will die down um quite quickly and then um you know there as i said that's then to me is where their confidence starts to build again because it might be an old ankle injury or something like that and they're they're subtly avoiding it and you, you put them in positions where they have no choice but to load. And all of a sudden, you see their autonomic nervous system and they're sweating. And they're like, why is this so hard? And it's uh, it's like, you know, I just say, you know, it's, your, your body's like an iceberg, really, like consciously above the water. But subconsciously, there, there's that nervous system there. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's the 80-20 rule of, in, in my world anyway of, of, of kind of, I know it's not exactly like like the, the original one. But but that's right. the, the, the thing that I teach in, in the mentorship and, uh, you know, for the last 13 years it's it's uh it's held me in good stead when you're when you're when you're mentoring how how do you because i like the fact that you mentor physios and pts across the world right so you're, you're dealing with different societies different expectations right it's not just you know an american model or, or a european model um how do you set expectations for for how that physio that you're mentoring 
will communicate that with the patient. Like, because sometimes in, in cash-based in, in the United States, some people come in, they say, you're going to do something to me and that's going to help me get better. You're going to do the thing. I'm going to receive the thing passively and then I'll get better. But we know that we are a guide. So how do you, how do you communicate that? Hey, listen, your first session, you're not going to give them a script, I imagine, but you're going to say, here's, here's what you need to go. You need, Cause you keep mentioning people like Louis Gifford nervous system, right? So we need to set expectations for this. Yeah. You need to under, we need to be on the same page and how this is going to progress. Now things might change. You might be ahead of schedule behind, but this is how, kind of how our roadmap. So just walk me through that kind of mindset. Like how do you, when you mentor someone, how do you set that mindset from the beginning? Yeah. So like, like, and, and this is the funny thing is I think people come in and they kind of, they want the rehab exercises or they want the hands-on, right. but actually module right. one is, is subjective assessment. And I think the, the key thing that we do is, um, the, the internal motivator of the patient is, is we ask the questions in the first 10 minutes of, you know, you've come in with back pain and you've had this back pain for six months. What's motivated you to take action now and come into my clinic? And I think that's really important as a therapist to understand what's the internal motivator because that's the thing we need to communicate and design a plan to get them back to. So I think if we're not clear on the plan and where the patient wants to get back to, then it's very hard for us to design anything, isn't it? And I think, you know, especially with persistent pain patients, they'll come in and say, I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be do this. I don't want this. I don't want to feel like this. And, you know, my question is often, right, well, how do you want to feel? What do you want to do? Yeah. And 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 if you actually ask that to a persistent pain patient, they they don't have an answer. They, they pause and they have to think about it. It's like, you know, and, and I'll go, right, you know, you're, you're saying you feel like this, this, and this. How do you want to feel again? And for a lot of them, they actually can't remember the last that you know might do a simple visualization drill okay tell me like think back to the last time you you felt great how did you actually feel and a lot of them they really struggle to to recall that um uh, because they, they're just so focused on what they don't yeah. want that, that they, they forget what they do want so so there's little bits like that whatever it's a persistent pain case it might go into that level of detail but if it's just a you know a knee pain uh, acute knee pain patient then i think it's really uh, important to understand what they want to get back to. And then I've got another rule, um, which is the six hours versus six reps or the okay. 10 hours, 10 reps. And, and that is really establishing what does this person need to be able to do for six hours a day or 10 hours a day rather than just six reps. And I think that really focuses the therapist then on actually, okay, how can I get my rehab into their daily life that I don't have to rely on motivation to do their exercises because that's such a, uh, if we're relying on motivation for a patient to sit down and do their exercises, you know, and you look at the literature on this, um, you know, that that's uh, where we're kind of, uh, we're putting ourselves against the eight ball straight away. So, so get really clear on those things because I might have somebody with knee pain and, um, or even back pain is probably an easier analogy and somebody who needs to manage a flight of st stairs, uh, you know, for six hours a day, they have to do a lot of walking. I might focus on their lower limb um, for that patient where somebody who has to sit at a desk for six hours a day, I might focus on getting them relaxed sitting so that they can actually help them relax. So two back pain patients come in with the exact same presentation, but one's standing and doing flight of stairs. One has to sit. I'm going to go completely different directions with, with those two patients. So, so there's little bits like that. And then um, we do a thing called effective explanation where, um, we literally draw uh, a stick man and we'll draw a graph 
and it's like right this is where you are this is what you want to get back to which is the internal motivator and then it's like right what do you think you need to be able to do before you feel confident to to go back to this and and let let them actually take part in designing the plan and and the funny thing about that is jimmy is they'll say stuff that you don't even think about it's like sure. Shit, I, I forgot about that i, I wouldn't even have covered this and yeah. so they, they they get to to partake in the plan as well and it's their plan and the other graph that I have, I, I, um, you, you may or may not see it on our social media stuff, but is uh, like most physio exercises are here and integrated exposure graph. Most real life activities are here or hands-on treatment is here. This is real life. So I'll, I'll show them that on a graph as well and say, this is why we need to to do, go from A to B to C to D to get to ERF rather than going from A to B when the pain eases and then get back to F. And that, you know, that's the, the perfect analogy of a hamstring tear. I can have a grade two hamstring tear and he could be pain free on the bed in 10 days, but it doesn't mean he's safe to train. Sure. You know, right, right. We, we have to to build them up. So, so could use that, that analogy as well. So, so there's all, all different bits there that we kind of, we, we just put into a structure for the patient, but, but you hit the nail on the head. If, if you can do set expectations in the first session, all the uncomfortableness and, and all this other stuff that we, that stress us as therapists in session four, session five, session six with difficult patients, right. a lot of that can be solved in, in that initial appointment, I think. And and yeah, you have to go outside your comfort zone a little bit in that first session, but you'll have a, a much easier life in, in sessions four, five, and six. So the, the two big things that I don't think I learned in PT school, or I don't know, maybe I just wasn't paying attention because there was so much stuff going at me like a fire hose, but it was set those expectations, but those expectations need to be guided by what the patient thinks and wants, right? Like asking like, Hey, you've been in pain for six months. Why'd you, like you mentioned, why'd you come in now? What, what made you decide to come in now? That's important. I couldn't do this. Okay. Got it. You couldn't do this thing in your life. And also, and we, I think we talked about this with Rachel Zoffness, who is a pain psychologist a couple episodes ago. She was asked them what they think, what they think the cause of their pain is. Listen, you're really smart. You've been doing this for a while. They've been living with their pain longer. It's just a math issue. They just been, even if it's not it, just ask them what they think. Because as we just mentioned, what they think is really, really important. Definitely, definitely. And I think the, I think the neuro pain science, you know, that got off, you know, real popular for a few years there. And what a lot of my therapists that I mentor, you know, people on social media are saying, you know, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. And the reality is when they, when they, they went down that way, people naturally would say, oh, so you're saying it's all in my head and it's like mm-hmm. shit, you know? So it, it's not as easy as just saying like, this is the ideal world, but this is actually the real world. So, um, so I think that question, what you said is really good. What do you think is the problem? And if they say something where, yeah, there is yellow flags there and, and yeah, you might need to do a bit more of that stuff, then, then absolutely spend the time. Whereas a lot of people, they'll, they'll be like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, that, that's why I've come to you. And then that's probably a patient that I'm not going to be spending too much time on, on that stuff. Well, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? We get a question from the audience. Hey, listen, you ask, Hey, uh, you know, you, Dave asked Jimmy, Hey, what do you think your, uh, your, your back pain is, is, is caused by, or what do you think it is? And I go, I don't know. I'm paying. Isn't that what I'm paying you Dave for? What do you do? How do you, how do you kind of sort of pivot that to make, to, to make us be more aligned in terms of expectations? How would you do that? Yeah, so so for that patient, as I said, I'm not thinking that they've got some maybe unhelpful beliefs or thoughts that you know could be potentially driving this. So so that the pay neuroscience stuff isn't the top of my list there. So for for that person, I'm going to try and make sense of of their story. So for example, for for somebody who I may be thinking, okay, 
I think that maybe you're not loading your left leg because you've had two knee surgeries there. And I think you're actually using your right leg a little bit more. And I think your back's getting a bit grumpy now because you're, you're putting all, all the load on that side. So what I would do is draw a very simple diagram and say, okay, well, I think actually your left side, you know, if we were to split this 50-50, it's probably doing maybe 20%, give or take. So I think this side's doing 80% now. And I think your back's getting a bit grumpy. It's sending messages to the brain saying, hey, you know, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work here. So, and, and that's where I'll say then along the lines of, okay, so here's the plan. We, we're going to settle the symptoms, but a lot of our work's actually going to be on this left knee because this left leg, we want to show the brain it's safe to, to load this now. And, and then this is the kind of the litmus test is, and I think this is why this has happened because of these past injuries. And then what I get a lot then, and the litmus test I was alluding to there is that makes sense. You know, and if you get that, then, you know, that to me is it's a great sign. Everything I just heard, Dace, was I, when, you, when the patient, when Jimmy pushed back, you said, well, this is what I think. I think, I think. And then you ended it with, what do you think? Or if you're looking for agreement, agreement says, listen, we're going to go in this direction and we'll be able to test whether or not this idea is right down the line. But at least we're in agreement on session one. Now we're on the same page. Because if we're not, if the person's, uh, you know, you're you're the pro, Dave. I'm paying you the money. Aren't you supposed to know? Okay, let's reframe this. This is a uh, this is a two person uh, team here, and I'm here with you to guide. I've done this before, but no two patients are alike. So I love that. Yeah, and and, and the other thing as well is when you actually draw out the plan. I think to get an appreciation of actually how long it's going to take. Then, whereas if you just like blurt out, oh, it's going to take ten sessions, or it's going to take eight sessions, it's like. The, the radar goes up, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whereas if you draw out the plan, you go, okay, we're going to go from A to B to C to D, and it's very logical and it makes sense to right. them, then they can see actually why this isn't going to be something that's going to be fixed in two sessions. It's, it's going to need seven, eight, nine sessions. And um, and then the, the last million-dollar question for me is asking them actually then, is that what you expected? Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and seeing then if there is a mismatch in expectations and – you know, you might have someone said, oh, well, I thought it was only going to be a couple of sessions. And then that's where then you can dive deeper and go, okay, well, if you don't mind me asking, why, what made you think that? And right. it might be, oh, my friend came to see you with an ankle injury and, and they were sorted in two sessions. I was like, well, yeah, you know, that was an acute injury. You've had this for, for five, six years. So, you know, that, that, that kind of way. So you can overcome the objections then, I suppose, is, is the best way. Expectations, so huge. If I'm expecting two sessions and you and you tell me 10, Wow, that that is that's different. Walk me through that. Or I think that's I think even worse would be I expect two sessions and I'm four sessions in and I have no idea. Is this is this just going to keep going? Do I just come forever? So like that's even worse because now I'm I'm not on the team. I'm lost. I'm like, I don't I don't know if, if, if somebody asked me in my personal life. How's that going? Like, I don't know. I just keep showing up. How long do you have to keep going? I don't know. I just I don't know. And that when that person just eventually just says, I'm lost, they're out and they're never coming back. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and that's your DNAs or your, your, your no-shows. And I think if they feel that there's no more progress to be made, right? That, that's when, you know, naturally you're, you're going to lose them. Right. But that's where you lining this up. Hey, you're, we're, we're, we're drawing this out. Not artistic. Again, I'm not artistic. So I like the fact that you're using a stick figure. We're here. <laughs> and you just told me you want to go over here. And I'm just telling you the distance between those two things is X. To get there, it's going to be progress, but it won't be overnight. And when you get uh, each, uh, what I hear you saying is each step along the way of your thinking, saying it out loud and having the patient hear it, 
And they're, do we have an agreement? Yes. Okay. Now we're one step further in the process. And then you, you, you alliterate the next step. Are we in agreement? Yes. So it's not just, here's your plan. I'll see you next time. And I kind of know what's going on, but you don't, cause I'm checked out. If I'm not part of the process, I'm checked out. Yeah. And, and I think that's what so many therapists, they don't mean to do that, but that's what they're doing is it's right. all in their head, but they assume that the patient knows. And my dad went to, to therapy, uh, physical therapy in, in Cork, and I sent him to one of the therapists on the mentorship. It was really interesting for me, for him then, you know, he had a 30 minute appointment and he's come back and he's gone. And he said this, this, and this, what, what, what did he mean by that? You know, he, he mentioned something about this and, and it really dawned on me is like, like the, the therapist, really great therapist, he said all this stuff to him and he's probably taken five, 10% of, of the information right. in. Right. You know, and, and, and that, that's massive. Whereas at least if they have something on paper, you know, you're using the visual system as well as, as, well as the auditory. And I think another great point there, Jimmy, as well as like session four, five, six in, when you actually draw the graph and go, right, remember, this is where we're at. There's a little bit more progress we made, but they also see how far they've come. Right. A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of patients, they feel like they haven't made progress, but you and I know that they have made progress. Right. So it's either actual or perceived progress. Um, I, I think it's important to, to, to really appreciate with the patient as well. And um, I think that that graph eliminates a, a lot of the, the, the hard work for you. And, and for me, like what I tell my therapist in the mentorship is you're, all you're doing is you're giving the patient clarity. Right. And if, if they have clarity on, on the plan and, and they know where they're going, you know, and they know there's more progress to be made, your, your cancellations, your, your did not attends, you know, they're, they're going to drop yeah. in half. Um, there's a, there's a pizza place here in the United States. I'm going to make a weird analogy here. We're going to go weird for a second, but I promise I'll bring it back. <laughs> Domino's pizza. Right. And years ago, like kind of before a lot of places started taking orders online, Domino's Pizza said you can order your pizza online on this internet thing. And people started doing that. And they created, it cost them thousands of dollars, this Domino's Pizza tracker. So you'd put your order in, right? And it goes somewhere on the internet. And then if Dave's sitting there and he wants his pizza and it's been 15 minutes, he's like, where's that pizza? I ordered it. D did it go through? Did someone get it? I don't, there was no confirmation. I'm so lost. I gave them my money. Domino's did this thing across the top of the a page where it would say, listen, your pizza has been ordered. Okay. It's in the process. Now it's actually, Oh, uh, one of our pizza professionals is now kneading the dough and putting the toppings and the cheese on it. Oh, and then it would update automatically. And you hear a little, little noise from your computer. Ding. It's in the oven. And you're like, Oh, it's in the oven. They did this because so many people would just be like, I'm going to order it. And I don't, is it going to come? Like, I don't know where it is in the process. Cause so many mom and pops would, Maybe get busy and, they, you know, or Domino's would be taking orders, but they'd also be answering the phones for people who were asking where the hell their pizza was. So, like, if we can keep those people off the phone, we can take more pizza orders. So the analogy that I'm drawing is if people know where the that the progress is being made and where they are roughly in the time frame of getting their pizza or getting back to what they want to do. They won't call. They won't question it. They will just say, we are on the right track. I know where I am, so I'm cool. And that reduces anxiety about getting your pizza or getting back to, you know, running a 10K. Same things. See, you had no idea where I was going with the pizza thing. Uh, that's a great analogy. I'm going to have to rob that, I think. <laughs> At Domino's Pizza Tracker, they were like, why would you do that? It's so stupid. But really, it's like, hey, we're part of this process, whether it's, you know, rehabbing a hamstring injury or making sure I get my pepperoni is... I just want to know where we are, like, because we're in this. I gave you 25 bucks and I want to make sure my wings and my pepperoni pizza show up or I'm invested in this process with you. I just want to know where we are. Are we moving? Is this ever going to get better? 
because when people yeah. when people finally figure out if, or if they finally say like i don't i just don't feel like i'm making progress which is where you just said which is very important making sure when they're in the middle of that process hey let's do something that you did four visits ago against the data or against the measurement that we did four visits ago. hey look at that you did that way better or way faster or did that hurt and you're like oh no that didn't hurt so there's like the motivational interview, which is like, let's test it and retest it. And you tell me. Yeah. And I think the word that you said there is all well when you were given the analogy is, is, is unbelievable. And I think that's so important is, is the anxiety uh-huh. that when you reduce their anxiety, that they know they're making progress and they're going to get better, that reducing the anxiety is probably half the treatment, <laughs> but um, you know, and, and if, the, if you can do that and cause you, you've so many people, you know, especially with cash based and their partners are saying, Oh, you're spending that money again. And, and, and this, and there's, there's pressures and, and all this, but if, if you reduce anxiety, they know that they're, they're on the right track and they're going to get better. That that's massive for us. You know, you, it's, it's much better than any exercise. <laughs> but they don't tell you that in PT school. They don't tell you that I, my original degree was in journalism. They don't tell you that in journalism. I had a conversation with today with someone who wanted help launching a podcast. And they said, before you talk to a guest, What's the biggest thing? Is it research? Is it what kind of microphone you have or what lights? And I'm like, no, before I hit record, I let the person know back when we used to do these things in person or now, like when you logged on today, I was sizing you up from the second you were on camera. And for you, you looked pretty relaxed. I'm like, all right, Dave's done this before. I don't need to work on Dave's anxiety. Like Dave kind of knows we're going to talk about. It's fine. Some people I need to really go over with a fine tooth comb Hey, so here's how this is going to go. And he, and I'm going to, we're going to talk about this and this, any questions that you have for me at all? No. All right. We're going to get started in like two minutes. I'll go grab a beer. And all this stuff is, seems like it's just like fly by the seat of my pants calculated. And here's why. If I can get that person's anxiety to be a little bit less or a lot less, that person in an interview style gets to be more of themselves. I asked you to be on my show for a reason because I, I thought you had something to say. It's on me, the interviewer, to make this a good experience so that Dave can be Dave. And it sounds funny, but like this isn't a normal, this isn't a normal conversation. We're doing it via Zoom, right? And the same, I think there's a complete parallel when someone sits in front of Dave and they're looking at rehab their hamstring injury, that anxiety needs to be removed or lowered for that relationship to be built and trust to be formed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that that's a great point. And I always say as well, it's a lot harder to get somebody to relax or even a muscle to relax than it is to contract. So, you know, for a lot of these persistent pain patients, it's so hard to get them to relax. (laughs) And that's half the, half my, my time is, is getting them to relax, um, getting the nervous system to to relax. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, the go to physio.com when someone goes there, what are they going to experience? Like, you know, who, who, who's the person that comes to you? Like kind of describe someone when they come to you first and then what do they become through mentorship? Like what's that process? What's that look like? Transformation? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm chatting to a lot of therapists on Instagram at the moment and, um, you know, they, they'll kind of come in and they'll say, I I've done all these courses. I've, I've, you know, I've, um, I'm getting some good results, but I'm really looking for a bit of structure or, you know, the, the big phrase I like is understanding the why behind what you're doing. So um, what we tend to do in, in the go-to physio is, is put some structure in place. So just like that in the initial assessment, let's put the structure in place. Let's focus on your mind, the clinical reasoning. And then I'll give you um, like my system and structure, 
but the, I, I'm very much in favor of teaching principles rather than teaching techniques. And, and I'll give you the techniques, I'll give you the rehab exercises, but if you can understand the principles of what we're trying to achieve, you can you tweak can the exercise that. and, and you, you can, can you know, you can do a technique any day of the week. So, so that's really what we do. And, and um, the other big thing I think then is, is bridging the gap from the low level to the high level rehab. Um, and I think that's a bit, and that kind of goes to the pro sport and, and the private practice. And what I see a lot of therapists come in at the start is they'll have, you know, a patient visit average of like four or five sessions. And naturally they don't know where to go next with the patient. So they, they say the, 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 the thing, if you're a private practice owner, the thing that you don't want your, your therapist to say is, oh, give me a ring if, if, if you need anything else or if it doesn't get any, any better. Whereas I think if you give the therapist clarity, a bit like the patient on, this is where you need to go next to get them to that internal motivator. Then I see a lot of therapists, they, they feel they don't have that mindset block about, oh, I'm not giving the patient enough value or, you know, I, I know where to go with them next to, to get them to the high level rehab. And I think certainly in the UK, we're not exposed to the high level rehab in university. And, and then you go into the national healthcare setting, you're not exposed to that stuff. Whereas I've been very fortunate in pro sport, it's, it's my bread and butter. So, so that's a big part of, of what we, we teach as well. And it's about, it's about really increasing your results, your, few, your reviews, your referrals, and your retention of patients ethically. You know, and, and I think that's the key bit is maximizing your clinical skills before worrying about the business skills. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're good at what you do, you, you'll never be able to work, you know, yeah. and especially back pain patients and, and knee pain. Like if you can help those people, you know, you, you, you'll never be able to work. Yeah, I heard a great acronym. One of the first, I mean, I've done more than 800 of these things in phys physical therapy. One of the first episodes I did was with a guy, Eric Mera, and he said uh, the three A's. And I was like, I, what are, I don't, I was a PT student. Back. What were the three A's? And he said, oh, in sports PT, uh, available, affable, and adequate. And I was like, wait a minute. So available, it's like, listen, in sports, you got to be there. You mentioned working with an athlete at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. And in sports, sometimes you got you got to be available. And then uh, affable, he's like, listen, athletes are doing a lot of difficult things. They don't want someone difficult to work with. So you got to be affable. They got to like you. And then I was like, adequate? And he's like, honestly, he's like, be good enough. Like, know the basics. And he's like, that's where a lot of people will get locked up is they'll say, well, I saw this thing on Instagram or, you know, I heard about this newfangled thing. And he's like, listen, man, be adequate. Be Adequate, be an adequate therapist, right? But the other two A's, very important, which is available and affable. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's a great point. And for me, it's about doing the basics, extraordinary. And yeah. I, I think that that's what you said there is you, you see it, an exercise on Instagram and it's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna try that with a patient. But it's not a bad exercise. It's just being, the, the exercise will flare a patient up if it's done at the wrong time. Right. you know or, or you, you you've skipped steps so and, and that's a big thing about the structure is i see an exercise on instagram and i automatically go right where does that sit in the graded exposure program where does it, does it come before or after this logically what what what's the next step and i think that's been so important for me with in pro sport as well as having structure and a system because it allows you to take the emotion out of the decision making um and i think i think that's a big thing for us especially in pro sport whereas the guy in, in 2017 who you know he had a quad tear and he, he we had to rule him out of the world cup he couldn't run 70 percent. you know when i'd done the tempo runs with him so but i had a step-by-step -step progression and, and we got to that level and i couldn't get him past that 
So, you know, logically, he's not going to be able to play. And, and the nice thing about that is when you take him to that level, that another really good thing that I think is marketing, but it's definitely uh, transfers to physio, show him, don't tell him, you know, put him in these positions and go, okay, do that for me. And they, they, they you know, they can see that they can't do it and he's yeah. not right. And, and the captain, he said it, he goes, I'm not going to be right here. I, I know I'm not, you know, and, and I knew I was, he wasn't going to be right. And I probably knew he wasn't going to be right two days before. But I had to take him through the process. Expectation. So he, yeah, he could see it, and uh, yeah, so that so that that's um, that that's a really good point as well. I tell people all the time, you know, in third grade, it was like, hey, we're going to do show and tell, and kids used to get so excited in primary school. Show and tell was this great, and think back to that when you brought in something from home and you were going to show it off to your classmates. It was the show. The show was fun, right? Like that was. I have a thing. You could have just done tell, tell me about your teddy bear, tell me about your vacation, something like that. But it was the show and the tell. And that just plays at different parts of our brain. Just because we're adults, that doesn't that doesn't go away. And when you can take someone through that journey, when you were two days before, you knew that two days before him, you like, we're not going to go. If you told him, I'm going to shut you down. Why? Because I know, because I'm Dave, I'm the boss. He's going to hate you, man. And he's bigger. He's in a rugby dude. He's going to... He's not a guy. But you, you like listen, man. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's go through this. But let's go through this. Let's make sure we know what we're going through. Here's where we are. If you can get past this, you're on the field. And when he got there, he knew it, and that's important because you didn't have to ask for buy-in. He knew it. You agree. You were in agreement before that. And uh, I think that's I think that's a really really good lesson, which is show don't tell, but make sure that you're very clear on the path that you're on together. Um, are you ready to play? Uh, you ready to play three questions? We do three questions on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One way to find out. We're doing it anyway. Here we go. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. Uh, find them online at FusionMedStaff.com. Hashtag travel, physical therapy. Uh, you're free to boom out of country. You've got a physical therapy license. Go wherever you want. Let that license take you where you want to go. So uh, find them online. They've got job transparency as well. Find out everything about the job that you need before you go and do any more research. They're just clear. You want to work here? You want to do this? That job is open. So find them online, fusionmedstaff.com. Uh, Dave, three questions. First question is a where question. I know you're you're Irish, uh, but you, you live and work in England. But where in the States? Let's say, let's say 50 U.S. states. Have you been over here before? Yeah, I've been, I've been to a few places. Uh, be, I had a summer in Chicago, which was interesting. Um, I've, uh, I've just recently been to uh, a golfing event in uh, Houston, actually. Uh, so it was my first time in Texas, which was good. Um, I've been to New York, love New York. Um, yeah. You had real pizza in New York. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Whatever they got in Chicago. Listen, it's just it's round lasagna. That's a running <laughs> joke here on the show. But hey, where's some place in the U.S. that you haven't been that you'd like? Hey, I've always heard about this. I want to go there. Yeah, um, yeah, possibly, um, possibly um, San Francisco. Yeah, um, that that's that's a place I think um, I've I've heard a lot of great things about. Now there's a lot of Irish over there as well. Yeah, um, that yeah, the kind of the West Coast might be nice. San Francisco's so, nice. You gotta watch out for Carl. Carl is they named the fog. The fog rolls in and rolls out. They call it okay. Carl. I didn't know yeah. that until I was there. I thought they were messing with me. All right. So it's question number two is a what question. What is something that uh, you've watched or read or listened to, a book, a movie, podcast, whatever, that you think the audience would get value from? 
Um, Anything. It could be physio-related or not. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the 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 goal givers um that that was a, a book i don't know if you if you're familiar no, with it no what's it's that a, it's it's a kind of a fable where it's a it's a story but there's a, a big message in it and um i think it's really great for cash-based pts actually and, and they come up with the five laws I've, I've got it written above my computer the five laws of stratospheric success the law of value the law of compensation the law of influence the law of authenticity the law of uh, receptivity and one of the big laws is give more in value than you take in payment. Yes. And uh, and that's one that that's definitely resonated with me with the mentorship and with the clinic that that's at the forefront of my mind. So I think that's a really great book for uh, for therapists to to private practice therapists to. to I love read. that. I love that. Yeah. We, we, you know, it's, it's said different ways where I work now at Fox rehabilitation, we call it the exchange of abundance, which is like when someone gives you their an hour's worth of time, you want them walking away saying, wow, I got like so oh my gosh i got so much more than an hour of my time or we've all been to one of those movies where someone's like how was that movie and you're like yeah you know i'm never gonna get those two hours back like you don't want that to be the experience with someone you want someone to go how was he like oh my gosh i can't wait to tell you about it and you know you never lose you said you're never going to be out of work when you have a situation where you have a exchange of abundance like that it's perfect definitely uh third question is a uh, a who question a person who is someone the audience should know more about yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how familiar, but I, I would say that Louis Gifford and his, yeah. his Aches and Pains books, uh, they, they've impacted me so much, um, you know, and, and, and that's somebody, I, I he's, you know, that that's the best books I, I've ever read in other, their trilogy, but... Uh, he's been mentioned a bunch of times on the show for, for that specific reason. We should do something. Let's write that down. I don't know what... He's, you know, he's passed away, but we got to do like a, maybe we'll do like a week of like Louis Gifford stuff. Like we'll bring people in to, to talk, you know, ab about his stuff. That'd be good. All right. So that's three questions again, brought to you by our friends from uh, Fusion MedStaff. Find them online at FusionMedStaff.com. Leaders in hashtag travel PT. Now, now we'll do the parting shot. All right, Parting Shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org, the largest component and academy of the uh, American Physical Therapy Association. Uh, their goal, well, be the leaders and innovators in orthopedic physical therapy. They've got great courses, independent study courses. Uh, one out now, perfect pathway to your OCS exam is current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. Just, just look at the reading list. Just look at who put that together. And you know you're on the right path. Also, they've got those CPGs, clinical practice guidelines, great cliff notes, based in research. That's what they do. They just scour the research for you. So check them out now online at orthopt.org. All right, Dave, parting shot. Kind of your chance for a soapbox mic drop moment. Just the last thing you want to leave with the audience as we wrap up the show today. Um. Yeah, uh, put me on the spot here again because we were supposed to do this interview a while back, so I forgot about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the the, the key thing, um, six reps versus six hours, I think that's going to be a massive thing. Yeah. And the 80-20 the rule of 20% on the symptoms, 80% on what's not doing its job, um, that you're going to find what's not doing its job in the subjective assessment in the patient's story. So getting a really good story, a really clear understanding of where they want to get back to, 
and then just bridging that gap um, in a in a very simple step by step system and, and keeping everything simple. Yeah, I think that will make a massive difference to to a lot of therapists, and it's going to be the subjective assessment that that's going to be the the, the key thing. Love that. Bringing the person, bringing that human and sitting in front of you into their story, letting them know that, yeah, I'll be your guide, but this is your story. You are responsible for this. I will help you along the way and setting those goals uh, nice and uh, nice and early. All right. Website, again, is the go to physio.com as well as on the socials. We'll share those in the show notes. Uh, Dave, appreciate the time stopping by. We'd love to have you back, man. Yeah, thank you. And no, I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's the first uh, podcast I've done with a bear. So it's, it's my kind of podcast. So oh, I, uh, no I love it. I'll have to come over in person uh, when we, when I can. <laughs> I love it. All right, my man. Well, hey, thanks for the time. We'll, we'll talk to you again. Okay. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.